Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and I have a big, exciting announcement for 2023. On Wednesdays, I'm going to be adding a brand new show. It is a show for people who love dogs, who love to read about dogs, and who love to listen to my interviews with authors. Now, I've been interviewing authors for over 22 years. It's something near and dear to my heart. And if you listen to the show, you know that my dogs, Blue and Benji, are also near and dear to my heart. Now, oftentimes I'll go on little rants on health power about the dogs, but now that I have this show, I won't have to. So if you want to hear from incredible authors in the world of dogs, whether it be health, memoirs, behavior, training, and more, be sure to tune in to Dog Eared. Yes, it is called dog-eared every Wednesday here on the same platform as Health Power. Are you ready for a podcast on healthy living that isn't about having six-pack abs? A podcast for the rest of us. A show for everyone, for people of all shapes and sizes who just want the best information about living their best life. Join host Lisa Davis, MPH for Health Power. Being an entrepreneur can be very exciting. It's stressful. There's a lot of things you have to get done. And for me, I found that I don't take enough time to reconnect with myself and look at my creativity. And so I just read this incredible book and I'm super excited. It's called Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative and Free. It is by our guest, Susie DeVille. Susie DeVille is a speaker, author, and founder and CEO of the Innovation and Creativity Institute, a coaching firm connecting entrepreneurs and business leaders to their innate capabilities, guiding them to lead from a place of creative competence. Breaking the status quo and creating a wildly innovative methodology to build successful businesses, Susie is a sought-after enterprise expert. She is known for creating rebels out of entrepreneurs and leaders who yield lighter workloads and higher profits. Her book, Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative, and Free, is available wherever books are sold. Susie DeVille joins us now. Hi, Susie. Hi there. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you on. I love how you say, how does one go about reclaiming and reconnecting with inspiration and one's innate creativity by bringing yourself back to life? Tell us about the time when you were things were falling apart <laughs> and then the things that brought you back to life and how your book is going to help us. I'm really inspired by it. Well, thank you. Um, so yes, I had what I lovingly referred to as my nuclear winter period, which began when the markets crashed in 2008. And it lasted for about five years. And that was a time when my marriage, my health, my finances, everything essentially just sort of fell apart and imploded. And I was desperate to try to figure out a way out. And I thought, if I can extricate myself out of the mess that I'm in, I promise that I am going to come back and teach it to other people. Um, and so I was already on this quest to learn everything that mm -hmm. I could about innovation and creativity. By that point, I had been um, doing research um, for several years. And um, so when I got sort of cast into this, um, this fire, um, I continued to do my research, but then I kept um, searching for things that were going to really be helpful to me because I had to start literally over. And 
as a recovering perfectionist and as a recovering workaholic and as a person who has always believed the cultural lore that we need to work harder, we need to have more discipline, we need to be more productive, we can sleep when we're dead, (laughs) all of those things (laughs) I believed. And I was a card-carrying member of that club. And when I realized that those things were not only not going to help me get out of the mess, they were keeping me from accessing that vital force within me, my creativity. That was what I needed to to have um, my unbridled access to. And so I started to take some of the research and some of the work that I was doing with my clients and then my own new path to refueling my um, inspired creativity. And I put all of that together to create a methodology and began using it in my own life and in the life of my clients. And the results were astounding to me um, because I still was clinging <laughs> like a koala bear <laughs> to this notion yep. that there, the, the world of creativity is only for the people who are retired and who are right. um, have time to kill and are childlike or you know certainly not for us hard charging entrepreneurs so um but it proved to me over and over and over again that less is definitely more and connecting to what it is that brings us alive and immersing ourselves in what we love resets our central nervous systems calms us down helps Um, eliminate anxiety, raises our IQs, raises our ability to problem solve, and makes us pretty darn happy, you know, at the same time. And so I put all of that into my book, um, along with some exercises to help some folks who might be dealing with the same thing that, um, that I was going through. I mean, it's so easy to get stuck. And, you know, sometimes, you know, again, I said earlier, being an entrepreneur, it's exciting, but it's stressful. And there's ups and there's downs and there's lulls. And so to give yourself time to kind of step back and say, well, what what can I do to work on myself? And instead of just pushing at the same thing you've been doing over and over that quite possibly isn't working, you offer us these wonderful tools and you talk about the five M's, if you can talk about those. Sure. Um, so the five M's are first morning pages, which are the brainchild of Julia Cameron, who's the author of The Artist Way. I love, I interviewed her, by oh, the way, did. that was, she's lovely, she, years ago. Yes. She is such an inspiration. Um, and oh, yeah. um, her, even if you, you just only took the morning pages idea from her entire body of work, which is enormous, it is life changing. Um, So even if you are sitting, perhaps in your own nuclear winter period right now, if you only do morning pages to start, it's a wonderful way to get started reclaiming your creativity. And what it is essentially is just three pages of longhand writing in a journal in the morning. And it doesn't have to be prose. It doesn't have to be poetic. It doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It doesn't have to make sense. It could just be ranting and raving for three pages. It can be um, figuring out what you're going to cook for dinner. It can be the errands that you want to run. It could be a weird dream you had. Whatever it is that's in your mind 
that's occupying your awareness and your thoughts that's kind of got you by the tail. It's an opportunity to just dump all of that onto a page. And over the course of several weeks, what happens is, is that Morning Pages starts to work on you like a fine grit sandpaper and starts to help you reconnect to your thinking in new ways. And I know that we're all suffering from this inability to have time to think and we're all craving it. And when you start to get it back, you realize how much you have missed it. Um, So morning page is number one M. The second is meditation. Um, Some people will resist this saying, I can't meditate. It's too, takes too long or I can't sit still. Um, Really five (laughs) minutes um, sitting in a quiet room is fine. You don't have to go to any complicated lengths, any special system. If you want to learn Um, TM, you can. If you want a guided meditation, you can do that. But if you want to just sit in a quiet room and just breathe, that's that's great. Um, The next is movement. Um, And I'm a big believer in the power of moving our bodies in fresh air. Um, Or if you have to stay seated, you can do chair exercises, but moving your muscles is a wonderful way to start to dislodge things that are kind of in the back of your mind. And I always carry a little pocket journal with me when I go on a hike, because that's when my best ideas come to me. So movement is a wonderful way to um, get the synapses firing and also release more um, things that keep us from connecting to to our creativity. Um, The next is moments of inspired learning. And that, again, can be a very simple two minutes um, listening to your favorite poet recite their uh, one of your favorite works or reading a passage out of a book that always tends to lift your spirits or finding a quote that you love um, and writing it down into maybe one of your your books, your commonplace journals or your morning pages, wherever, on a sticky note. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That again is a, it's just a wonderful way to remind us, oh, that is, that's, that moves me. That way that that poets describe that feeling now is a part of me throughout this day. I'm taking that with me. Um, again, it takes just a couple of minutes to do that. And the last, the one that makes all of my entrepreneurial clients resist mightily is making something. And this power that we have of moving our hands that connects us to what I call our creativity back channels, there is so much gold in our subconscious minds that we tend to override our intuition, our imagination, our ideation. It's all right there. We just have to access it. We have to just set it free. So you can cook something, you can doodle, you can sketch, you can get your hands in some watercolors or acrylic paints. There's lots of simple ways to do this that I talk about in the book that are ridiculously fun too. So you can start small and then um, you'll prove to yourself that you are in fact creative and an artist. 
We just have to let go of our fascination with, is it good? Right. Is it good enough? (laughs) And let ourselves feel what's happening in our bodies when we move our hands and when we create. That's the magic of being in the crucible of creativity. And that's where the key transformation happens. Whatever it is that you create, you may love it, you may hate it. It doesn't matter. It's what's happening to you in that moment of creating. You know, you share a story about drawing a fish. And I really related to that because I'll let you tell the story. But my sister was the artistic one. She had to draw, she drew, excuse me, beautifully and can paint and this and that. And I mean, I still draw like stick figures and I could draw a flower, you know, with the circle and the little petals around it. And that's about (laughs) it with crayons. So I'm like, I'm not doing anything artistic. I'm not arty. And so that really meant a lot. So share that fish story with us. Absolutely. So I I was um, in a, a summer program at the local nature center. And um, so I live in a small town in the mountains in North Carolina. And um, uh, summer people would come, you know, to escape the heat in the southeast. And so we had local people around the table and we had kids from out of town. And I was drawing a rainbow fish and I was coloring it in with all of these bright colors. And this young gal who was visiting from out of town just decimated it. I mean, she just said it was ridiculous. She'd never seen anything that that looked that ridiculous in her entire life. And what in the heck is this thing anyway? And um, there was this sweet boy across the table from me who... Um, was local and he fished in you know the rivers and the streams all the time and knew exactly what a rainbow fish looked like and he said that's they that's what a rainbow fish looks like um but I just was just horrified um and so I felt I can still feel it you know oh my gosh how many decades later you can still feel that barb going into your soul <laughs> um and we have so many of us, the vast majority of us have these stories. Brene Brown calls it art scars or slash creativity scars, but we carry those with us and we think, Mm-mm, that's not, that's not a place where I can play. That's not a place that I'm going to excel. That's in fact, a place I'm going to be ridiculed and hurt. No, thanks. L- sign me up for something else. Um, and that's what we believe sometimes throughout our entire lives, unless there's a moment that gives us a power, uh, um, an interrupt where we are coaxed out of our creative shells <laughs> and we feel safe in doing so. And we go, wait a second here. First of all, the world of creativity is not just sketching something that looks like something in the real world, which is the how I used to define it. Right. If my horse doesn't look like a horse, I can't, I'm not an artist. My horse looked like a coffee table. So therefore I'm not an artist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as a person who does abstract paint, painting, mixed media, mm. collage, there's oh. all kinds of ways that you can be creative that bring your energy out into the world and communicate with people in very powerful ways. Um, I just posted something and I wish I had, I could show it to you. I just posted a photograph of a Matisse collage in an upcoming masterclass um, 
Facebook group that I'm getting ready to do in January, um, January 16th. And I put this picture up. It looks like something that someone in primary school did. It's very bright, lots of shapes, sort of arranged kind of in this very sort of um, haphazard seemingly way. I put it in the, I put, that was the first thing that I put in the group as a very strong intention that there are no rules here about what's good, what's bad. Um, How does this make you feel? And everybody who has responded so far since I put it up this morning, I feel permission to create. I feel freedom. I feel somebody is trying to, to create order out of chaos. I feel blah, 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 blah. They're not judging they're not going in there. Well, that looks like something like a kindergartner did, you know. Um, this is Matisse, after all. Right. Um, so, it's the what our our strange, narrow definitions of what art is and what we're capable of keep us from so much joy, keep us from so much connection with ourselves and with our best work and with the world. So that's my mission: <laughs> is to eradicate this self-doubt and this notion that that world is not accessible or for us at all. Yeah, I got to find some crayons because I used to love to color, you uh-huh. know, I mean, but then I realized it was crappy. So then I didn't do it anymore. Uh, there's I no love when those coloring thing. books came out, you know, where you can draw in the lines, but I liked your idea better of just doing whatever comes to you. And oh, not the wilder, it. the better. Right. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you one quick story? Can I tell you one of teeny course. quick? So there's an artist in um, Kent. His name is Ralph Steadman. And um, he's a very famous artist. And um, you can look him up, I, I, which I h- highly recommend. There's a beautiful YouTube video of him. It's probably five, eight minutes long. And he's going into his studio like a kid. Like he's, I think he's in his 80s now. He's going into his studio and he literally like puts his hands together to dive into the room, like like just so playful and fun. Ooh, he goes that. into this studio and he has this huge piece of paper on his table and there's a camera overhead so they could actually see the overhead shot of what he was doing. He takes a pen, he dips it in a bottle of ink. He stands back and he s- snaps that wrist and slings ink all over this paper. And then he looks at it, and he decides what he's going to make out of it. And you can watch him over the course of just a few minutes make something out of this ink splat. And he says there's no such thing as making a mistake. There's only an opportunity to do something different. So if he can sling ink (laughs) and make works of art out of it that are compelling and beautiful we can go to our paper our crayons our paint and we can make whatever we want to make and have the same impact on the world and on ourselves yeah absolutely you know I love how you talk about agency and it's not I mean all the things you're talking about from my understanding, gives us agency. How do you define agency and why is that so important? Agency to me is power back over yourself, back coming back home to yourself. Um, we can get 
lost on some kind of trail of everybody else's expectations and what we consider to be responsible and dutiful and have obligations. Those things take us away further and further. The ship is leaving the island of the true self. (laughs) Um, And it's going further and further away toward some other place. But it's not our true self where the power of us resides. So getting it back, getting that agency back really is that path to reclaiming our inspired creativity. And when you start to reverse that flywheel and you start to feel that momentum building, there is a new sheriff in town who has a new courage and a new willingness to try the thing Maybe the thing that's always called to his or her heart. And, and we have said, no, that's, I, I don't think I can do that. You start to be much more bold. And the intuition that we routinely override and squash and go, shh, I've got to do this adult thing. Um, you start to let that, to, you know, bubble up. And that guidance starts to truly impact your decision making. It ignites something in the unified field that syncs us up with opportunities, syncs us up with people, resources, strange, magical things happen. (laughs) And um, all you want to do is is, um, stay in that energetic state as long as you possibly can and you it's always available to you literally you can take a post-it note right now and sketch the mug that's on your desk and access that feeling Um, as long as we can stay out of judgment because that fear of being under the knives of judgment is what holds us back and which keeps us on that um, island separated from our true selves. I love all the exercises in the book. You know, we had spoken about drawing and, and you have this exercise, the elephant in the room. And I love how, you know, if I tried to draw that elephant, it would just look like a big blob. But then you have the elephant upside down. You're like, okay, draw it now. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm looking at it from a different point of view and kind of changes my judgment, right? Because it's going to look different. But it's still, I'm still like tapping into this creativity that you're talking about. And that's okay that it's going to look maybe not like an elephant. But talk to us about that. Do I have that right? Or was that you're, the goal of that? Or? <laughs> well, um, you know, you, you have it right. What's interesting, first of all, um, Dr. Betty Edwards was the one who um, pioneered this idea of drawing on the right side of the brain. Um, and if... If you ever want to um, have a look at her book, it's just fascinating information. Um, but I pulled sort of the, the key nuggets out of her book um, and used it as an exercise in mine, one of the exercises, because I wanted to show something, which is when we're looking at something right side up, our labeling part of our brain goes to town and says, oh, you can't do elephant ears. You can't do muscles. Are you kidding me? That looks like shadows. That looks like wrinkles in the skin. You don't have that capacity. Sorry, you just, 
just tap out right now. <laughs> and the brain is just <laughs> churning just blurts of this of all the things you can't do and labeling the parts of this picture that you can't draw. So what happens when you flip it upside down is that the brain now isn't able to label as readily. So then you start to just focus on connecting line to curve to line to curve and you just start at one part of the picture. You can start at the upper right hand or the lower left. It doesn't matter. And you just follow. I'm going to go, okay, that, there's three little lines and then a curve. And right. then there's a long line and then a short curve. And you follow it all the way around. And then by the time you finish, people are astounded at what they create. They, I was, um, again, teaching my, my master class um, about a year ago. And I had a client whose son came in while she was doing the exercise. And you could hear, he was like, he couldn't believe, you know, you did that, you know. Um, so um, <laughs> you surprise yourself because you're tricking your mind. And um, you're, 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 separating yourself from that self-doubt right to to get into the work the you know i will say 98 percent of the challenge is getting into the work right once you're in there once you're through that that portal <laughs> you can you you're you're off and running but all of this energy and the brain chatter and the procrastination and the resistance that keeps us on the other side of that threshold is enormous. So this is a way to push yourself across. Yeah, you know, one of the things I love too is I'm such a fan of Mr. Rogers. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful person. And you have uh, more Mr. Rogers, and then you have uh, less hustle and slay, which you talked about in the beginning a bit, right? Like, we're just go, 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 go. And this book has you like, slow down, tap in, get in touch, and then you'll do better, right, in your work. And I would think every aspect of your life. But yeah, Mr. Rogers was really special. Absolutely. And he told us all that we're worthy and receiving of unconditional love. And so we didn't feel like we had to turn cartwheels right. to have value or to produce something. This is where this overachiever part of our culture has us by the tails is yeah. that we don't believe that we have intrinsic value unless we're producing something or we have 400 pieces of paper hanging on the wall that say that we have these certifications and that we have, we have this level of knowledge. Um, and then if, if that doesn't exist then we're not, and even if it does exist, right. most of us still will cling to the notion that we still have to do something to earn a sense of having value. Mr. Roger yep. said, no, <laughs> that's, you know, you get to be a lovely, free, creative, fun loving human. And you get this unconditional love just because not because you're doing something or earning it just because. So, if we can gift that to ourselves and recognize the hollow pursuit, the fool's errand of hustle and slaying ourselves there, because right. 
that just puts us into that wheel of burnout. Um, and, and also, I just read some research about how much perfectionism influences us into the world of burnout, too. Right. Um, so if we can let go and surrender into this sort of Ralph Steadman-like slinging of the ink, right? then we can start to go, wait a second here. This is not only fun, yep. but I had a great business idea while I was in the middle of doing this very strange thing. <laughs> and I think I, not only is it a good idea, but I kind of feel like it's possible and that I'm going to go try it. You know, like what happened to me? This was like 10 minutes ago. I was sort of cowering in the corner, afraid of doing the tech around social media or whatever the thing is that has us, you know, the entrepreneurial right. challenge du jour. <laughs> I know, because like I mentioned, there's so many. Are you passionate about dogs and reading? Whether you want the latest advice on how to keep your furry friend happy and healthy, training tips, inspirational memoirs, or anything else dog, Dog Eared is a podcast for you. Whether you're a first-time dog owner or a seasoned pro, I'll bring you weekly recommendations and interviews with authors, experts, and dog lovers from around the world. From finding the perfect book to reading it with your pup by your side, I'll cover it all. Tune in and find your next great dog-related read today. Every Wednesday here on the same platform as Health Power. What have some of the people that you've worked with, like what have you seen with some of your clients, especially in this kind of go, go, go area? And being oh my super gosh. Hard themselves? Um, well, I, I'll tell you the most recent th- fabulous thing that happened um, because I uh, had a coaching call right before Christmas break. And so this one's fresh on my mind. This woman um, and I, our wiring was just so similar. And I, I understood her so well. It was like looking, she's a past version of me, essentially. And really, really working herself to uh, frenzy, impacting her health, um, and always struggling financially, even though she was working so hard. So we turned everything upside down. <laughs> and um, the last thing that she said to me before she hung up to go on a month long vacation was, oh, by the way, I did a million this year. And I was like, she said, and I took the most time off I've ever taken off in my entire life. And I was like, oh, woo-hoo. Wow. Um, I was <laughs> like, that's, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. Um, she ref- I mean, she was the hardest person to um, convince initially that what I was saying was going to help. And she resisted mightily. <laughs> um, but she, she, over the, you know, it just was a process of, you know, just slowly changing those thought patterns, changing the behavior, introducing new ways of being. Um, but yeah, so she, um, I don't know the total tally of how much time she took off, but she, without blinking an eye, took a whole month off. She's still on vacation right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, we'll wow. be back for another two weeks. Um, so that and the fact that she did 
the 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 magical seven figure mark this year past year so that's incredible I think what's so great about the book is not only do you have five M's again, but you also have all these different exercises. You have this exercise sketching your ideal world. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I love this notion of being able to just visualize what it is that you want to be doing because every time I take somebody through this process and even and every time I take myself through this process, I'm like, oh, that's kind of simple. <laughs> um, right. What it is that we sketch out. Um, so you, you can start with writing out a narrative of what your ideal day looks like. Um, and then you can come in with um, some, some just some graphic um, symbols of what that day would have in it. So it could be hiking boots or a yoga mat or a book or whatever it is. Um, and to, I try to keep people from getting too hung up on the, the art part. Um, but just to, to tap into that right part of the brain, the, the less labeling part of the brain, so that we can uncover maybe some things that may have been sort of hidden away from us. Oh, I forgot that I used to sing. I hear I hear things from people all the time. Um, things that they devoted years of their life to that they loved. Drama, opera, singing, pottery, um, painting, um, all kinds of, you know, hobbies and sports. And uh, for me, it was world travel. That was my jam. And then I stopped cold turkey for 20 years when I got married and had kids. Um, and you forget, like, gosh, that was kind of, like, integral to my well-being. <laughs> um, and yeah. I need to be doing that again. So this exercise takes us back to those things that really fuel us and empower us and open us up to the world in ways that nothing else does. And when we get on that life's busy track, those are the things that we tend to unfortunately put aside first. And they're the last things that we tend to, to reclaim. So it's a great exercise to um, put us back in touch with those things, as well as start to see um, in my fantasy world, my ideal day is not so much of a stretch, it's not, wow. you know, because we're, la yeah. we're really, truly after some very simple things. Now, again, the mind is going to tell us, oh, it's $10 million and scaling Everest and all of these. <laughs> but that's not really what we're after. So um, I always um, find it very interesting when my clients do the exercise and we come back together and we have a meeting and we talk about it. And they start immediately changing how they design their thoughts around retirement. They're like, shoot, I could, I mean, that's a lot closer to me now than, it's not something 30 years away that's impossible. Right. It's something that's very close to you and very possible. I want to just make a really quick point. Our marketing lands and resonates and is 
irresistible and magnetic when we are doing what it is that brings us alive. Right. For me, again, world travel. So I was in France for three weeks last year and my social media engagement went off the charts because I was having a ball. Right. <laughs> I was, tr- I was, I was following artists. Um, I was, I went to Julia Child's former summer home and took a cooking class there oh for gosh. a week. And um, it was just this magical journey. And I was, ha- I, 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 all I did was have fun and eat great food and see beautiful art and cook. I mean, so I've, ha- I've had so many people reference that trip to me who have approached me to work with me. Oh, wow. Months later. So just had somebody last week who said, I saw that trip. I watched, I followed your every move. (laughs) And I want that in my life. Mm -hmm. And so if I were hunched over my keyboard like Schroeder at the piano with a furrowed brow... Right. Trying to get my numbers up, um, no one, no one, no one is going to hear that. No one's going to feel that. Our fascination with marketing outside of what it is that we love is not serving us. Now you do, we do have to. I, I'm on social media. I still, we still have to do certain things, but that should be the twenty. 20- part 20% part of the Pareto principle, not the 80. So the 80 should be what it is that we love, immerse ourselves in that, show people the joyful things that you are doing, that you get such a kick out of, that set your hair on fire. That's sexy to the market. Right. The energy that you bring to the thing is what is communicated. Right. Not the thing. This is where this is where tapping into our creativity really can help show us how that is true. So if I come Ralph Steadman like to a piece of blank paper and sling ink, what's going to be communicated is bold freedom, you know, just raw right out there. If I'm painting very careful little small little strokes, that's going to feel very controlled, very restricted. So depending upon what it is that you want to communicate is the energetic state in which you need to have when you're doing the, the marketing work or the marketing right. piece or the whatever it is. If you're focused on, is it good? Is it going to get likes? Is it going to resonate is it being judged the way I hope it will be judged? It's you're off. You're off the, the energetic right. wheel. Um, so the creating with abandon on paper helps us create with abandon in our marketing and communicate the feelings that we want to communicate much more readily without being so concerned of how, you know, is this good or not? Or how's it going to land? Oh, you're amazing. Oh. Do you have your own podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should. 
You're going to have to come on here a lot. I think you're absolutely phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> I would love to. No, have me as a regular. No, I'll be here every every week. <laughs> All right. What is a seven-inch plate tool? Yes. So this was one of my um, sister um, entrepreneurs, another person wired very much like me, who was on the phone with me during a session. And she was explaining to me all the things that she was trying to do. And she was very frustrated that she was not being able, she's not able to accomplish. And now, mind you, her to-do list, like if you cut it into tenths would be enough more than enough for three people so she's she's just was beside herself that she couldn't just plow through all this stuff and as she was speaking this tool came to me because I thought I have to trick her brain (laughs) into feeling as if she's only got a certain amount of energy because she has more energy than 25 people (laughs) <laughs> and because she has more energy than 25 people, she fills up the the to-do list accordingly. And what she didn't realize was that she was using all of that as a way to separate herself from herself. Separate herself from her heart, what she loved. It was just a massive distraction effort that she deployed beautifully. So... I came up with this tool on the fly and I said, okay, let's pretend like the irregular amount of energy that you have is a 14 inch plate. But I want you to pretend like yours is really only seven inches. So you take what you regularly would stack on, like I called it like a teenager at a buffet who's like just piling this 14 inch plate to the top. I mean, just stuff dripping off the sides. You're not going to do that anymore with work or tasks. Now you're going to get something that looks like a salad plate and still not fill it up. So pretend like you only have this amount of energy and not the other and see how that shifts your planning how you schedule things, how you think about things. And it radically changed her, her, her whole approach. It was fascinating. She started, um, her, her, her desire was to try to do in her schedule, meeting, 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 meeting. I mean, not even leaving herself a chance to go to the bathroom or get some water. I mean, you know, just self-punishing schedule. So she started to leave like 30 minute chunks or an hour chunk or this. And she, and she realized that that she was still producing like crazy, but she was, she had time to think between the meetings. She had better time to prepare. It kept her from having to do work at night because she was able to um, address things right after the meeting, take care of things, send off the emails, communicate with whoever needed to be communicated with, and then she'd go into the next one. Um, And she realized in that void of not doing that something was wrong in the state of Denmark, right? That something was off in her heart and in her life. 
And so that started us on a whole new path, a whole new journey. So we weren't talking about how to cram in more things during the day. We were talking about, okay, let's now get at, let's chisel off the concrete off of your authentic self and let's get down to what it is that you really, really miss and that you're craving to have in your life. Um, And as a result, this particular gal also hit a million um, and traveled like all over the place, (laughs) took all kinds of time off and is, and actually has created because again, the energy is off the charts. She got her quote unquote day job. So dialed in as a result she only has to really focus on that certain number of hours during the day. So she's, she pursued a lifelong dream of starting this other entrepreneurial venture, which is off and running and nice. making bank. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so incredible. Oh, my gosh. And so it's, it, we, it's, it's these small choices, seemingly small choices, small mindset shifts, um, now, the body and the mind really love to go back to the barn, just like a horse. I don't know if you've ever ridden a horse and you go out on a horse on a trail, you get within the horse gets within sight of the barn on the way back and they take off running to go back to the oh, barn. Wow. Um, so our bodies, our minds, our habit, we want to go back, we want to go running right back to that old barn of what we used to do. So because it's so ingrained in our musculature and in our behavior and in our old stories. So she actually has almost like a pendulum, you know, out of the habits, back in the habits, out of the habits. So it's not a perfect science. It's not just like the hockey stick on the graph. That's just one direction. All of us have this tendency to, Find the liberation, crawl back in the hole. Find the liberation, self-sabotage. Do the great stretch of habits and rituals. Eat the Cheetos and the drink the red wine. Well, I mean, we all do, we right. all do the thing. <laughs> so, right. however, the, the, this, this creativity takes you home back, comes back around to yourself. So as long as we don't get all stuck up in strange despair thoughts of it's never going to be for me. Why can't I graduate from this? Blah, blah, blah. And not just make it mean, Oh, I'm a human. I got off track. I'll get back on track and I'm going to use my creative um, pursuits and my five M's as my way to get back. And it's, it, it happens immediately. So I just want to kind of give everybody a warning <laughs> that um, old habits die hard, um, but your creative being engaged with your creativity back channels will always take you back to where you want to go. Susie, you are incredible. Uh, the book is a must read, must have, must do a buoyant, <laughs> the entrepreneur's guide to becoming wildly successful, creative and free. 
Susie, how do we find you? And I de- we're going to talk after. I definitely want to do like a regular segment with you. Great. I think you're incredible. Uh, tell you. us all the ways we can find you in your awesome book. Thank you. So um, my book is available wherever books are sold. Um, so feel free to go to your local bookseller or anywhere online that you like to purchase your books. And um, my website is innovationandcreativityinstitute.com. Um, and from there, cool. you connect can connect with me on all the social media channels, um, as well as you can sign up for my weekly newsletter that's called Inspired, and Ooh, uh, that nice. comes out on Friday mornings. And um, that's a super fun um, thing for me to create every week for everyone. It's a way to sort of send you into your weekend with some extra wind in your sails. Oh, that's great. Well, if people want to find me, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Lisa Davis MPH. Rate, review, subscribe. Keep coming back to Health Power. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa davis mph thank you so much and please share this episode because the more you share shows you care we'll see you next time